Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? I am fired up. Clearly. Fired for up. For what? What are you fired up so, for? So this week, I've changed my entire routine. Oh, here we go again. You read a book or an article. Now you want to change your life. Tell the audience what you learned, Dustin. No, I, I'm just getting up earlier. What time? 4.30. What is wrong with you? A lot of things. A lot of <laughs> things are, are wrong with me, John. We don't have enough time on this God. episode. A lot of things are wrong. 4 a.m.? Yes, I, I'm going all in on this Ironman stuff, right? This triathlon training. Yeah. So I joined a group, right? Because Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about that. Mm -hmm. Like, you are the people you surround yourself with, right? I want to be an Ironman. I want to be a triathlete. I should go hang out with some of those people, right? Plus they speak a language that I speak, but like my wife doesn't speak it. And some of my friends don't speak it, yep. but they work out way earlier than I'm used to. That's weird. It's very weird, but I've learned already this week. I love the workouts. It's a great group of people. So shout out to Hector and the whole entire crew over at Central Florida Tri Club. And I've learned that it works. But what happens is that my day starts two hours earlier. So my energy levels peak at different times. Yeah, so I get tired a little bit earlier and I got to go to bed a little you're bit an earlier. You're old man who wears diapers and you go, you're in bed by 7.30. No, no. If I was an old man in diapers, I wouldn't be getting up and doing these workouts. True. John. It's very true. Yep. So, um, and then today's Friday. So we're recording this on a Friday and it is the second Friday of the month. So second Friday of the month for us here at Waterstone Mortgage, the mortgage company I represent, we have our all hands call. And that's like my biggest call of the month. It's mm. like an hour long, it's programs, products, marketing mm. strategies, mm. sales tips, Sexy operational shit. updates, yeah. celebrating of production, yeah. talking about the, the industry. So I tend to have to bring my A game. Just like I brought my A game earlier this week, shout out to the Mortgage Bankers shout Association out. of Florida. Heard you, heard you knocked it out of the park. I think that collectively between myself, Tim Davis, and Doug Smith, mm -hmm. yeah, we knocked it out of the park. It was a sold out event, great feedback, great energy. It was the first time that the Florida NBA did an event like this and they did it in Orlando. So it was easy for me to just drive my happy butt down the street, slide in. I got to listen to Doug for a little bit. I got to speak myself. Mm -hmm. I stayed for a free lunch. I then hung out and listened to my boy, Tim, because Tim brings the energy. Mm -hmm. And that type of energy is what I bring on that all hands call. That type of energy is also what you're bringing today, today oh, and forever. March 2nd, John, what's oh. March 2nd, JC? Uh, Come on. I don't know. Oh yeah. T-Lop live. T-Lop live. Yes. T-Lop live. <laughs> I have a feeling this one's going to sell out. I, know. I have a feeling that this one's going to sell out because our sponsors are out there mm -hmm. promoting it, mm -hmm. right? Because we gave each sponsor got 20 tickets, mm -hmm. right? So we have three sponsors. Each sponsor gets 20 tickets. And then we have another 20 tickets. Unlimited, but yes. No, at some point you're going to run out of space. No, I want the fire marshal to show up and say, I'm shutting this down. What are you mortgage guys? You're out of control. <laughs> that, wouldn't that be phenomenal? One day it will. Wouldn't that be phenomenal? One day. Uh, but yeah, so TLOP Live, we get to do it again. Yep. And for those that are requesting and wondering, I'm anticipating West Palm Beach being the next one, end of March, beginning of 
of um, April. I need to check with the sponsors. They need to find a venue. Hollywood Casino. West Palm, not Fort Lauderdale. I'm shitty with directions. Okay, just know that 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 casino that you and I would love to go to in Hollywood. Yeah, it's a solid hour drive down Interstate 95. That's just a drive for work to me. No, I'm thinking more likely I'm going to find myself uh, deep sea fishing. Make a trip Mahi, out of it, Mahi, Mahi, Wahoo. Is it going to be that season for it's the Red be, Snap season or whatever? No, it's not Red Snapper season, John, but it will be Mahi season. So I'm thinking I got to find a way to get down there either the day before to fish. Okay. Or I need to figure out maybe we do um, Tilop Live in the morning, fish in the afternoon. Yeah. I got to work through this logistics. Podcast on a boat, why not? But um, I have spoken with, a, spoken with a buddy of mine. We will be in o- Oklahoma City. In October. Oh, shit. Right? We're going to Oklahoma in October. So that'll probably pick up Tulsa. That'll pick up OKC and maybe some surrounding areas. Never been. I'm still waiting to hear back regarding Dallas. Mm. Um, We've had interest for Dallas, interest for Atlanta. I thought Atlanta was a done deal. But the sponsor who is going to put on the event, um, they've kind of gone radio silent a little Mm. bit. And what was interesting, because they reached out to us and said, hey, would you do this in Atlanta? Then the next day, Birmingham, we're like, "Hell, hell to the yes. Shout out to the listener who wants us to wants us to come to, to Louisiana. Yep. Yeah, I would love to come to New Orleans. We got to go to Boston to make hang out with Ben. We got to go to Boston to hang out with Ben, hang out with, with Gabby, Gabby. and there's a whole crew up there. Like we have a whole crew in New Hampshire, yep. right? We got New Hampshire. Okay, that one too. <laughs> Rhode Island. So like, why couldn't we pull in oh, Rhode Island, New Hampshire? Northeast. Do you see what's going on now? I hope you oh, see. Oh, L.A.? I got a text. Dio, can you come to L.A.? I'm like, I can do anything, guys and girls. We are staying at the Dream we, Hotel. I already have it booked. Okay, we can do anything. We just need somebody to put the event on. Because our, our our job is to is to show up, mm, speak, I think, present, I don't think we're be there. one with the people. We're not there yet. Bring the energy. We're not there yet. No, no. Like, no, when I say a sponsor, look. Pay for our freaking flights. Yeah. We'll take care of the rest. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no, I'm, I'm not looking for a five, ten, dollars or $25,000 speaking engagement fee. Yet. 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 Maybe that's 2025, John. I think that shit is twenty twenty. But But somebody has to find the venue. Yep. Somebody has to pay for the for the food and beverage. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to fill the room. Mm-hmm. Like, we can, we'll do what we can do, but there's also local people who maybe haven't heard of us yet right. that would like to attend an event. Yep. So there's... There's some logistics that what we can do is show up. We can bring the energy. Yeah, I need right? someone else to do that. We can source some speakers, right? Like I had our buddy Steve Richmond, who was on the show mm-hmm. about a year, year and a half ago. Shout Steve. Steve's reached out to me. He wants to do an event. Yep. Right? Tim Davis is going to do some Damn, more stuff with bro. us. Yeah. Like I really, if I do Dallas, I'm going to reach out to D- Denise Donahue, the mortgage nerd. Mm-hmm. Have never met Denise. I follow her. Um, I have friends that are friends with Denise, but I thought, man, if I'm going to be in Dallas, how Might cool would well. it be for me to come in? I'll bring another TLOP faculty member, like a Mike Smalley type person with me, mm-hmm. but we could then have Denise. Mm. She's local and she brings a whole different flair that we wouldn't bring. So yeah, all this energy is just because of all the positiveness. That's because you woke up at us. 5 a.m. and started doing burpees like you're training for some shit. Today was swimming, John. God, nope, today was... Uh, and you pay someone to do this shit? I paid $160 to be a part of a club. Stop. That's the cheapest. I am tired $160. of... $160. I'm that is literally... sick of all these older adults going through their second childhood. Like, I'm going to push myself to work out. And I'm like, are you making varsity? Are you training for deployment? What are you doing? Cool. You should have done this in high school. That's why you wouldn't have got cut from varsity. But now, now I want to train. Now I want the energy. Don't nobody want to hear that shit. You hey, know what people do want to hear? What Today's do they want to hear episode. About right now. About chaos? 
You think they want to hear about chaos. Okay, this was a big topic today on our all-hands call. Okay, this was such a big topic that I've already shared via text in um, an article mm -hmm. on like Wednesday when the article was actually published with like my CEO and some of other people from our executive team. And then today I was like, wait a minute. It started with a text to the executive team. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about it on our all hands call. Ding. Maybe I should go ahead and, and formulate an email and send it out to all of the branch managers throughout the company. Mm -hmm. And then when you rolled in and you want to talk about some other BS, I was like, you know what? We're talking about MSRs. There's nothing sexier than mortgage servicing rights. You should have told me this was a subject before so I could have hit the bowl and at least made it through today's episode. Hit the bowl yeah. or hit the red bowl? The, the bowl. The red the bowl. bowl. No, I don't drink that shit. Bowl. B-O-W-L. <laughs> like the Super Bowl. Who you got, by the way? Oh, gosh. I'm stuck. Um, honestly, I don't care. Like, true answer is I don't care. I'm happy with either team winning. Tie ball game. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be yes. No, be I'm a good Chiefs. I'm a good Chiefs. How about you? Will you, will you even watch it? Maybe. By the time you release this, because we're working ahead right now, this will be released yeah, yeah. after. Oh, Super Bowl. yeah. So, oh, we should do our predictions and then we'll see who's right. And then in the comments, someone can send us some money. Okay. I think the Eagles will win by three points on some last second bullshit. Okay. I think that the Chiefs win mm -hmm. 31 mm. 23 and they expose the Eagles. Ooh, this is fun. We should do this more often. Yeah. I think they do that. That's called uh, ESPN. Oh, really? That's called Mike and Mike in the Don't Morning. Don't nobody watch that shit. The That's only show to the watch. Coward show. The only show to watch on cable television is PTI. Pardon the interruption. I hate PTI. Are you serious? Why do I want to listen to two people argue? That's what we do. We do not argue, John. I know. We get along. I know. That's called marriage. That's called marriage. We weren't here to talk. We were talking about marketing, service, rights. Let's go. Service release premiums. It's, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what it stands for. Service release premiums. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. So check this out, boys and girls. Please follow along at home. Mm. Okay, this is literally, like every episode that, that we create, this is going to cover people who are looking to buy a home or obtain a home loan. This is going to people who sell real estate for a living. People who support the mortgage and real estate market, right? Vendors, fintech companies, prop tech companies, and obviously people within the mortgage industry. Mm -hmm. All right, we understand that we're going through a seismic shift and it started last year about April, May timeframe. Okay. Really came through about September, right? We understood that the world as we know it is going to change and not necessarily it was gonna be a happy, feel good change, but a painful change. Right? We're experiencing it. We're experiencing mergers, acquisitions, forced closures, going out of business. And you and I started talking about this a year ago. And this is not our first, second, or even probably third episode that we're dedicating to the topic, but it's kind of real world what's going on. Mm -hmm. So what's in the news right now? In the news right now, we understand that Wells Fargo pulled out of correspondent lending. We've talked about mm -hmm. that before. That's impacting our market. North Point recently announced they're pulling out of correspondent lending. And what does that mean, correspondent lending? It means if you are a lender, you cannot sell your loans to Wells Fargo anymore. You cannot sell your loans to North Point. They're not a buyer. They don't want to buy your, your loans. You have to sell it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. 
Lone Depot's founder and CEO, Anthony Hayesh, he was just forced to step down. Their board got together and said, hey, homie, you're stepping down. Hmm. Typically, my understanding of companies. Not a good look. That's not a good look, right? So what, what is transpiring? What's going on behind closed doors? Well, only time will tell. Flagstar announced, hey, look, we just went through this big merger with NYCB, New York Community Bank. And going forward, we do not want to originate loans or home loans in markets where we don't have a bank presence. So they're shrinking their footprint. What does that mean? It means like 300 loan originators woke up to an announcement that, hey, boys and girls, you need to go find a new employer mm. because you're in a market where there's not a bank presence. Right. And then it was announced that there's a small independent mortgage banker in New Mexico being absorbed by Guild. Right. It was announced that celebrity home loans, I believe, I don't know if this is rumor or this is fact. So this part I is is um, a little bit fuzzy off of memory, but my understanding is that they too are looking to be acquired or recently acquired. Right. So this is like going on and it's been predicted for the past 12 months, but doubled down in the past like 12 days that we still fully anticipate a 30% reduction in the size of the mortgage industry between now and the end of the year. That's 30%. That's 30% less companies, less associates, less professionals, just 30%. Some of it may be right-sizing because there was such a buildup during 2020 and 2021, mm -hmm. all right? So that's just laying the groundwork, foundation, maybe even doing like a recap, right? Hey, this is a recap of previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about like what is really transpiring. Question for you before you yes. get started. Is this cyclical? Is this like the cyclical nature of the industry where you have booms and busts, it expands, it contracts, or is this something like an anomaly that we haven't seen before? Okay, um, my answer. This industry is a boom-bust industry, period, end of story. Has been, always will be. It's always a strong word, but the probability mm -hmm. is very high. Mm -hmm. What we are experiencing right now, we haven't experienced anything similar since about 2007, 2008. Now, compared to 2007, 2008, oh, no, this is still mini-me. Right. Like, this is still mini-me, okay. but um, we haven't really had this type of closures, forced mergers, forced acquisitions mm -hmm. since that time frame. Gotcha. Okay. So what is transpiring right now? Because here's why you need to tune in. When I said borrowers, home buyers, realtors, vendors, mortgage mm -hmm. professionals – our industry is a business, okay? Loans are nothing more than widgets, right? So there are purchasers who want widgets and they want X amount of widgets. They're investment instruments. And we, we refer to those purchasers as the market or the street, mm -hmm. sometimes even investors, right? So mortgage lenders and banks, they, we create loans, we then package those loans up and then we sell them off to investors, right? Investors, Starts off at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac level or even Ginnie Mae level. Then they package all the loans into a security and the security gets sold. Now that is the actual like principal and interest part of owning a bond. There's also the rights to service loans because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you can't make your payment to Fannie and Freddie. You don't make your payment to Ginnie Mae. You don't make your payment to the actual hedge fund or pension fund that owns your mortgage. Right? You have to make a payment to a servicer, whether that servicer is Flagstar, Penny Mac, New Res, Amerihome, Chase, Wells Fargo, Aquin, 
Lakeview. I can keep going on and on and on. She kept going. I don't know that song. Who's that? You do too. Come on. It was a little Snoop Dogg from like 1990. Oh, uh, I, I thought that was George Strait. No. It made you think about it, you though. You did make I me know, think about that. I know. I know my shit. Yeah. Well, there's George Strait that has the word on it, I'm sure. I mean, the dude has like 100 number one hits. Yeah. But come on. Don't don't take me down that rabbit hole, John. It's easy. Oh, um, it is easy, right? <laughs> God, I'm like, a, I'm like a damn squirrel. Where? <laughs> okay. All right. So know that the loans get packaged and packaged and sold, but there's also a servicing right. Mm -hmm. And servicing a loan comes with a fee and there's, and there's revenue streams that come with that. So the trading of servicing happens. It's a big business. And there are companies who want to purchase servicing and there's companies who, who want to sell servicing. Right, because it's no different than trading any other asset, whether it's a business, whether it's a baseball card, mm -hmm. whether it's a um, antique car, whether it's a home or a stock or a bond. Like it's it's an asset that can be sold, bought, traded, and the valuations fluctuate. Valuations fluctuate based on supply and demand. Right at the end of the day, well, in 2022 especially, I'm going to guesstimate Gander that. 50% of mortgage lenders were able to stay afloat because they were surviving off of their MSRs, right? So they had booked or retained or purchased a bunch of mortgage servicing rights. They did so when rates were at 3%, rates were at 3.5%, heck, even when rates were at 4%. And as the interest rate market skyrocketed, Having an MSR or a, a pool of MSRs of, of loans that you're servicing, that the rates are substantial over the market increases the value. Just know that it increases the value. So all of a sudden you book something or you bought it. Let's think of it as like, I don't know, Disney stock. You bought it for a hundred dollars. Now all of a sudden it's worth $300. Hmm. Well, in a year like 2022, when the market absolutely vomited all over itself and mortgage lenders were struggling to keep the lights on, struggling to keep people paid, struggling to bring loans in the door. They were able to survive by selling their MSRs. Why not? You, you book this thing for a hundred dollars. It's now worth 300. Mm. No different than if my wife, if, if my wife and I were both out of work, we still have car payments. We still have college tuition. We still have two mortgages. We still have car insurance. But man, if I bought a ton of Tesla stock at 50 bucks a share and now it's 500 bucks a share, hmm. why shouldn't I sell 10 shares a month in order to raise the capital needed to pay our bills until she or I could find sustainable employment? Well, that's how the mortgage industry operated last year. And then on top of it, in order to be a mortgage company or a mortgage lender, you have to have a certain net worth because everything operates based on credit and capital collateral. So you need to go out and raise money, usually through a line of credit. You need to sign up with investors. These are people you're going to sell your loans to and companies are only going to sign on to, to allow you to be one of their clients. If you can show them that you're solvent, show them that you actually make money, that you actually have money in reserve. Well, many of these mortgage companies, they're like, Hey, look, yeah, look at all these MSRs I have. It'd be like me saying to you, look at all this Tesla stock I own, John. Mm -hmm. Look at what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Well, I spent all of 2022 selling every quarter, every month mm -hmm. as needed into the market, 
my MSRs because I needed that to stay afloat because quite honestly, I just wasn't making enough money right, originating right, loans, yeah. right? I just wasn't. Mm -hmm. Wasn't making enough money. Um, some people may call that you're burning the furniture to warm the house. Make sure, yeah, At yeah. some point, you're going to run out of furniture. Yeah. At some point, you burning furniture should could could catch your, your ceiling on fire, right. which then gets to your attic. Now, all of a sudden, you burn down your house. Right. But it's a um, game of chicken that sometimes has to be played, especially when you have these very unique situations. So now let's fast forward, because that's what has been transpiring mm -hmm. for all of 2022. Right, companies could be losing money originating loans, maybe because they were overstaffed, maybe because they were offering really cheap interest rates, whatever the case may be, maybe because they had you know too many low producing LOs, maybe because they had too many unoccupied brick and mortar branches. Now, but but they could do that because they're like, look, look at all this MSRs we booked, look at all this valuation, and their warehouse lenders were willing to continue to loan them money, and their investors were still willing to to have them be clients because like, yeah, man, you may be losing money, but you got a ton of net worth. Why do you have a ton of net worth? Because you have all these MSRs. Mm -hmm. Then I fast forward to where we are right now. This is an article, boys and girls, that I texted to our executive team that I just emailed out to a email distribution list that includes about 35 mortgage branch managers. And I discussed today on a all hands call with over 100 mortgage professionals. Like we need to be aware of this. Mm -hmm. The article summarizes a conversation I was having with, with two people a month ago at a mortgage conference, which is basically this. There's going to be a come to Jesus moment when the market gets saturated or flooded with MSRs. I mentioned Wells Fargo a few minutes ago how they exited out of the correspondent channel. They're trying to reduce their exposure to mortgage. They have their reasons. We don't have enough time to dive into the reasons. But what, what I can say is it's rumored that they're going to be dumping billions of dollars of MSRs into the market. At the same time, we're still coming off a very difficult year in 2022. And 2023 is 1,000% starting off really slow. Mm -hmm. There are still mortgage companies who aren't making money. So those companies, they too have to sell into the market to raise capital so that they can stay afloat. So they can survive another day, another month, and every quarter in hopes they can outlast the competition in hopes they can wait for the market to turn. But what happens when Wells Fargo floods the market with 20 or $30 billion of MSRs. Mm -hmm. What happens when 50% of every mortgage lender starts flooding the market with MSRs because they have to raise capital to keep the lights on, to keep their associates paid, or to invest in the rate sheet because maybe their, their way of competing is on rate solely, not on service, not on consultation, mm -hmm. not on borrower experience. Well, those buyers only have X size of an appetite. They only have X amount of dollars to spend. Well, the law of supply and demand tells me if there's an overage of supply, then the demand, the aspect of, of people who are willing to buy, they don't have to pay you a premium. They don't have to pay you $300, although you think it's worth $300, they're gonna pay you $200. But you're like, no, 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 no. No, no, I, I just just a month or two ago, I was selling mm -hmm. this for 300. Yeah, buddy, but today, today it's 200. Yeah, but today it's 200. Crap. That means I have to sell 33% more, more just to keep afloat. Just to stay, keep, keep afloat. 
On top of that, I like how you're, you're following me, John. On top of that, what does that say about all the stuff I have on my books? Because I had this net worth that I've really been leaning into. Mm. Like, look at my net worth. Overvalued that shit. Now I have to mark it down, mark to market. Yeah. I got to mark that down. What if I mark it down? Because I've been selling. So every, every month I sell, my net worth takes a hit. Takes a hit. It may be a fractional hit. Mm -hmm. Takes a hit. But now all of a sudden I go into sell and I'm not selling $10 million worth. Now that 10 million is only raising 6 million. So technically I have to sell 14 million mm -hmm, to get the mm -hmm. 10 million I need to survive another quarter. Mm -hmm. But that means I need to mark down the rest of my book. And what if I mark it down to below the necessary net worth requirement to keep Fannie Mae happy, to keep Freddie Mac happy? Maybe I have a warehouse line with UBS and UBS requires me to have X amount of net worth. And now all of a sudden I don't because I was utilizing my MSRs. Maybe I'd leverage my MSRs as a collateral to go get a loan. Cause that's something mortgage lenders do, right? Like if I own my car outright and I needed some money, mm -hmm. I could go get a car loan. And that car loan I could use to raise some capital. Same thing with my home loan, right? If I own my house outright, I could, if needed, go get a home equity line of credit to raise 50 or $100,000 if I needed it. And MSR is an asset, just like a car could be an asset or a home could be an asset. I could use it as collateral to go borrow money from a bank. Mm -hmm. But what happens when the valuation of that asset depletes or gets cut all because of this flooding of the market? Chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. So when, when, the, when the experts are predicting a 30% reduction in the overall size of the mortgage industry, could this be that tsunami effect? Mm -hmm. Could it be right now or in the coming weeks that this happens? Now, also what is happening? Here we are in February. Oh, it's, it's, earnings, it's earnings time, right? Fourth quarter earnings are going to be released. Show They're going to be reported. Show me your report card. Yep, show me your report card. This is when guys like JC and I got... Yo. We got Whoa, grounded. Right I got creative with changing that U for an unsatisfactory to an S or putting a plus next to that. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't that. You uh, can't cheat now because everything's digital. You can't. That's such a pain in the yeah, ass. Yeah, It used to be like my parents wouldn't know my grades until they came out. Yeah. And then and I'd then, get my ass right, 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 right. get in trouble. You got, the you got the pink copy. The school kept the white one and there was a yellow one floating around. Yeah. No. Now. Now it's like my wife knows like real time. Like she'll say to my kid. How come you got a zero on this? He's like, mom, mom, my, my teacher's just slow getting the grades in. He's like, I turned it in. And sure as heck, like two days later, yep, he got he got a 91 on that. But the teacher was slow and it just showed up as a zero. But hey, another rabbit hole. Let's, let's hop back <laughs> yeah, on track. Yeah. This is some serious stuff. Right. Okay. So yes, we have earnings season. Our earnings are coming out. I call mm -hmm. it earnings season. It's tax season. It's mm -hmm. earnings season. It's realtor hunting season. <laughs> like, hey, let's get after it, boys and girls. Yeah. But um. Yeah, so this is like chaos is going to ensue, right? We need to be aware of it because for some people, you're at a place where you know you're secure. You know that you have shelter. You know that this isn't going to negatively impact you. Kudos, high five. Literally, your head is down, your blinders are on, and you're just putting one foot in front of the other, marching forward, gobbling up market share. Because as everyone has to deal with this chaos, like no one wants, no one wants to deal with it. You just have to. What happens? You get distracted. When you're distracted, you're not dominating the ones. You're not out there making your sales calls. You're not teaching lunch and learns. Mm -hmm. 
right? And then if you're distracted and your operations team is distracted, your IT team is distracted, then that means you're not probably delivering the best borrower experience. You're not being the best partner to your referral partners and you're not delivering the service that people expect, mm -hmm. right? So if you're not distracted, kudos. I mean, this is a great time for y'all to get out there and pick up market share. If you find yourself on the other side of the coin, at least use this podcast, this content, to be like, hey, I wasn't called off guard, right? I was, oh, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. This is why we're having these secret closed door meetings. This is why they're asking me to hop on a last minute call mm -hmm. on Friday, on Friday at four o'clock. Yep, yep, decline. Yeah. So question for you. So on the ground floor, because shit rolls downhill and this is being made at a high level, if I'm just an LO on the floor, how does this affect me at the end of the day? Is it just like, hey, my branch is going to close because they have no more money in their bank? Or are there some other kind of things that might take place that might affect me on the ground level as a loan officer? As a loan officer, at the end of the day, if you are self-sourced, if you have a following, a book of business, and you're generating referrals, I mean, it sucks mm -hmm. when your company goes out of business or it sucks when your company is sold to another company that you didn't get to choose. Right. Not saying it's a bad company, just saying you didn't get to choose them. Now you have to figure out, are they a good company or are they not a good company for me? But at the end of the day, you can get out there, interview, and make your own choice, yeah. right? So it's a distraction, it's disruption. I mean, I lived through it. Like I, I lived through, in 2007, mm -hmm. I left the company because it got delisted from the, New from the NASDAQ. The founder and CEO was forced to resign. Mm -hmm. And I went to another company that I thought was stronger and better. Well, that company that was stronger and better actually went out of business three days no before, before my original company no went way. out of business. Wow. Right. So both go out of business. They basically lost a warehouse lines. If you, if you lose your warehouse line, if your warehouse lender cuts you off, it's like a single shotgun to, to the temple, like quick, loud, explosive done. Okay. So it was literally like, we didn't fund loans on, on Monday, Wednesday, we're out of business. Like it was just that quick, mm -hmm. but I was a loan officer. I had a following, right? I, I, I had a book of business. So when they went out of business, I went to the next company. I was at that company. And while I was at that company, I was in their training, found out they're being acquired by a larger company. Let's go. I'm like, why well, didn't agree to work for this larger company? I agreed to work for the smaller company. Yeah. I stuck there for a year and the whole time I was there, I understood that this wasn't the end all be all, but it's actually how I ended up at my current opportunity. I've been here for 15 years, the universe, 15 years. And I survived it. It was disruptive. I once had one of my best realtor partners, shout out to George Philbeck, um, who, if you're in the Orlando market and you don't know George, what rock have you been living under? Uh, but shout out to George. Cause he literally said to me, and if you know, George, you're like, yep, George would have said that. He's like, hey, Dio, how many more companies are you going to bankrupt? <laughs> he was joking, obviously, but he was making a point to let it know that it, it doesn't go unbeknownst to him that I'm on my fourth mortgage company in a year. I wasn't my choosing, but I lived through it. I survived. So to answer your question, if you're just a, if you're if you're an LO or even a producing branch manager, you have a book of business. He or she who controls the lead controls the purse strings. Mm -hmm. You're going to have employment. What's sad is that there's people in IT, people mm -hmm. in HR, people in marketing, people in operations, post-closing, pre-funding, et cetera, that know, like that's where the duplication comes into, into account and look at any company when it merges, mm -hmm. you know, like right now, I don't need any more compliance people. I don't need any more IT people. 
We don't need any more closers, processors, underwriters. We, we are actually overstaffed. We're overstaffed on purpose for two reasons. We think, A, the market is going to be getting better if we can get through May, into May, June, and July. We also see this for our company as a great opportunity for growth. So we are in growth mode. Mm-hmm. We're not setting this crazy lofty, like we have to grow. We're in growth mode in terms of we are open for good opportunities if it's culturally a good fit for us. So we have been gearing up for, for this year and even the, the last part of last year, um, just based on how, how our structure is. But when we acquire or we onboard, unfortunately, there's times where it's like, hey, look, I don't necessarily need you to bring your processor with you because I already have enough process, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's going to be an, an unfortunate aspect of it. Makes sense. Um, here's one other thing that I need everyone to listen to when it, as it pertains to the chaos that's going to ensue with this flooding of MSRs into the market. Think about this. There's only X amount of investors, like I talked about, right? And think of investors like Pac-Man, like they're going around just chomping chomp, up, chomp, chomp, chomping chomp. it up. But they only have X amount of dollars to spend before they get full, before they their appetite has been satisfied. Well, if they're out there buying all of the MSRs that are for mortgages that were booked at 3.5% or 4 4.5%, what does that say about the new loans that we're creating for loans that are at 5.75 to, to 6.75? Uh-uh, I, I don't want them. Leave those over there. Depends. When, when the market's not oversaturated, they'll buy them mm-hmm. because they're business model is one in which they have to continuously be purchasing mortgage servicing rights because loans do pay off. Homes do get sold. So at a minimum, they need to backfill the things mm-hmm. that are um, that, that are falling off or falling out. But if they have a choice, buy all these new loans that are at interest rates of 5.75 to 6.75 or purchase these other loans where rates are between 2.75 and 4.75, they're going to get full, fat, and happy on that flooding of the vintage MSRs, which means they're not going to have an appetite for the new MSRs. What does that tell me as an originator, whether I own a mortgage company or literally I am a junior LO working for a top producer? What does that mean if I'm a borrower? What does that mean if I'm a realtor? What it means is that we are going to be squeezed for the next three to probably nine weeks on our rate sheets. Mortgage companies are not going to be able to earn as much money as they were anticipating because there's not going to be a buyer for these new loans, right? We know the business model. We know that if we're borrowing money at X and we lend it at Y, and then you, you assess a servicing release premium and SRP that we then can make X percent of that loan amount. Well, all of a sudden X percent of that loan amount is going to be reduced by 20 to 40% because that service release premium is going to be a lot less than what is normal because the purchases of, of MSRs, the purchase of, of mortgage servicing rights, they're getting fat and happy on the vintage stuff. Crap. What does that do? Well, that means that the bond market may say that rates should be 6%, but I now have to sell six and a quarter to make the money that I wanted to make. Or it means I won't be able to get par pricing. Or it means if I do that loan at 6% and I thought I was going to make 300 basis points gross because that 300 basis points would allow me to pay my LO their 100 basis points, cover overhead, payroll taxes, licensing, et cetera. And maybe as an independent mortgage banker, make a small profit, right? Independent mortgage bankers right now would be thrilled to make 40 basis points net at the end of the year. 
on their volume. So LOs, by the way, your company and your branch is not getting rich off of you. It's the other way around. You're getting rich off of them. That's how the world works. They're okay with it. They're fine paying you your 100 or 125 bips if they can make their 40, right? That's what they're, they're trying to make. They didn't make it last year. They're happy to make two basis points. But we need to understand that that pricing uh, uh, squeeze is going to happen to the new rate sheets. The rates that we're going to start originating, the loans we're going to start originating, the rates that are coming out, we have to be cognizant of that. But it's a double or even a triple whammy for those who were in survival mode, who were A, selling MSRs to raise capital. Now, all of a sudden, they're not getting as much bang for their buck because the MSR market is flooded and that, that $300 trade is now a $200 trade. Then they have to write down their, their company's value because their, their book value is reduced because MSRs have been uh, drastically reduced in terms of their valuation. And you're telling me I can't make what I, what I need to make on the new loans? Yeah, chaos ensues. So I, my problem with episodes like this is I want to be educational. Like I want to bring it mm -hmm. for the audience, for the, for the listeners. I hate things that are clickbaity. I hate things that are like doom and gloom, right? That's what the local news does. Local news only wants to talk about everything that's tragic going on. The national news is the same exact thing. So I don't want to be that content creator, but at the same time, I don't want to turn my back on what is really happening. So that is why, and we'll conclude here. Go to tloponline.com, T-L-O-P online.com, theloanofficerpodcast.com. At the top of the bar, at the top of the page, you'll see like a bar. Navigation bar. A navigation bar, as JC calls it. Go to sales tools and then go down to uh, industry insights and links, right? Currently in the news. Is Currently in the news. news. Currently in the news, JC is going to post the article that I referenced on today's show, which literally backs up a conversation I was having with two other mortgage professionals just a month ago. And hopefully between what I talked about today and what's in that article, you are a more educated, more savvy professional or a more educated, more savvy consumer, mm -hmm. realtor, or someone who supports the real estate and, and mortgage industry, because this is real world. This is what's happening all around us. We need to know not just what is happening, but why it's happening. This is the why. And we also covered the what. Damn, that was educational. Yeah, a little bit geeky. Right, a little bit geeky. I know I lost some of you somewhere along the ways. It's okay, right? This th this information that I was able to do my best mm -hmm. of disseminating, this is like 20 years in the making, an AMP, a CMB, and a ton of conferences. Yeah, and know. I like this stuff. So because I like it, I like to get it with people who know more about it than I do and mm -hmm. ask them questions. And I'm sure all of those people who know more about this than I do could probably rip up and tear apart what we explained, but I promise you, I got at least 80% of it right. Mm -hmm. And that's still about three times more than the average bear knows. There you go, Yogi. Awesome. John Coleman. Full name. That's you. Damn it. Thank you for your time today. No, thank you, Dio. I learned a lot today. Thank you for your time today. If you guys like what we're doing, please continue to like us, share us. I love it when you go to YouTube and you subscribe, follow us on Instagram. If you connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Tell a friend, 
Totally stranger. Come to TLOP Live if you're somewhere close to Central Florida. If not, fly in. Who cares? Uh, I don't know if the event's that good, John. Watch your mouth. I don't know if the I event's that good. I am looking forward to seeing, like, hey, so where are you from? Did you drive up? No, I actually flew from Denver. If you fly in, let's do a, like, two- or three-day event. Let's get 250 people. Oh, God. We've got to make them charge for it, stay in a hotel, throw some parties, get some national speakers. We could do something like that one day. Like 2024 one day, not a 2023 one day. Right now, we're just trying to get 16 cities knocked off. Mm -hmm. Get out there, be one with the people, meet, greet, take pictures, bring some value, and continue to promote mm -hmm. the website and the podcast. That's it. TLOPonline.com. Yep. The podcast is what you're listening to or you're watching on YouTube. Keep your earballs tuned. Keep your earballs tuned. That's a... We should get a T-shirt made. I'm already, we literally I'm should. already on it, Dustin. Oh, by the way, we need swag. Yes, I'm already on it, Dustin. Okay, make sure you bring swag. It's going to sell out. It's going to be a great event. I might start charging for that shit. $500 a hat just to see if someone buys it. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today, but uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Bye.